Creation, Book of Clarity, Chapter 6 Most living things don't know that life begins with a thought. Every word, every picture, every memory brought forth into a mindful organism had a life of its own, even if one day the organism forgot it. The last planet the Echo Collective inhabited was a monotonous paradise, where every day was the same, but it was predictable and safe. Though she didn't like the idea much, the general consensus of the Echo was to follow in that direction. So she gave in, thinking she could use this as a learning experience. The Echo envisioned itself to be a planet full of serious, respectable species of vegetation. It visualized muted colors and predictable shapes and sizes of trees, vines, bushes, leaves. As the echo focused all thought on vegetation, its surface began to quake. Before, it was reported that the surface of the echo was barren. From the instant the decision was made to support life, the upper layer of the echo began to shift. Its tough, ragged, and almost untouchable surface softened. As if a shell was dissolving, the crust began to transform into topsoil. The shift penetrated through to the core of the echo, turning every unfruitful cell into matter ready to sprout life. Suddenly, the atmosphere felt more lively than before. It was as if the once serious tone of the echo couldn't block the warm and welcoming vibration of new, free-willed life. This change in energy influenced the intent of the echo when envisioning vegetation. The energetic shift caused the life forms to take on more of a lively nature rather than the dull practicality that was expected. The echo's vision of studious, responsible vegetation morphed into fun-loving, spontaneous plants. With the new joyous nature came color and vibrancy. The echo embraced the new, cheerful perspective and focused intent on creating it. Once the surface was given the ability to sustain life, the echo created seeds in the soil that were planted across the planet. The seeds needed a source of sustenance, so the echo created bodies of crystalline liquid along its surface. The silver sparkle of the crystals glistened brightly in the sunlight, creating prisms of light that danced in the air. There were streams, lakes, oceans, basins, caves, and springs filled with crystalline liquid all over the planet. The echo then sprouted tube-like stems from the crystalline sources across its surface. The stems grew high into the air before the tips formed into a bud, which bloomed into a downward-facing flower-like form. As the stems stretched far and wide, the petals on the upside-down flowers released crystalline liquid onto the ground. The crystals soaked into the soil, giving the planted seeds the perfect amount of nutrients to absorb and grow. One by one, the seeds began to sprout, showing bright, colorful leaves that embraced the sunlight. Purples and yellows and oranges and blues popped up around the planet, bringing a once blackened and barren planet to a lively new beginning. The purple plants tended to cluster in groups. They grew to be short but stout. Leaves grew from their tops and they had a bark-like covering all over. In between each leaf bloomed a flower of rainbow color. The yellows grew to be skinny and tall. Its leaves were razor sharp and wide and they grew up the trunk of the yellow plant's base in a spiral motion. They tended to stick near the bodies of crystalline liquid. 
the blue plants changed shapes, from buckets to winged creatures to blobs and rocks. They roamed as they pleased, their rooting systems growing upward from the ground of the planet, creating a set of nine legs whenever they came close to touching the echo surface. The blues only connected to the ground when they needed sustenance. The oranges were wide and round with leaves that covered all over, but they had spindly roots that lifted them from the ground, so if one were to look at it from the right angle, they seemed to be flying. A closer look, and they appeared to be breathing, as their circular forms inflated and deflated rhythmically. They were breathing. The various colors of vegetation secreted an air-like substance from their leaves, their stems, their trunks. The substance thickened the atmosphere like a clear fog, with each new plant sprouting up across the planet. From one intentional thought, the vegetation grew, flew, and mingled with each other, sometimes forming new species and colors. A pink plant was born and began producing fruit, while a green plant spread across the echo surface like vines, and a white plant sprouted up from the soil like grass. Mixing of roots and colors happened all around the planet, multiplying the vibrancy and liveliness of the echo. With time, the entire planet would be covered in vegetation of all kinds. With each new sprouting and blooming of life, the echo felt like a mother would. Watchful, protective, encouraging. Some vegetation grew slowly, sparingly. Some vegetation sprouted high into the sky. Some flew, some swam, some dove into the depths of the crystalline abyss. Some burst into sparks and formed back together again. It was magnificent witnessing as the plant creatures took on lives of their own. Vegetation, when given free will, were given their own purpose, their own chance to choose and heal and transform. They were given their own karma. But on planets that denied free will to its vegetation, they tended to have simple reasons to exist. Grow, multiply, and feed. Unfortunately, on planets where the governing bodies denied free will to vegetation, it often resulted in the vegetation being rendered stationary or dull in color. The more vibrant and colorful the planet, the vegetation, and the beings, the more free will was present on the planet. Vibrancy, as well as color, was indicative of the amount of freedom that existed in that particular realm, one of the many laws in existence. No realm could ever be at 100% vibrancy or color, though. The only realm to come close to this was one that she had never had the chance to visit, Oranu, or the planet that was almost perfect. She had heard both grand and utterly horrifying whispers about Oranu. Part of her spirit never wanted to go, though, Another part was definitely curious, but unfortunately it wasn't up to her if she could visit. That planet was invite only, and she was still in training as a human. After seeing the beauty that vegetation brought to the planet, she decided it was time to take the next step, create new organisms to interact with the vegetation. She envisioned organisms that would be the equivalent to animals that existed in the earthly realm, as well as creatures from some of the other creations that she opened. The calmer ones, of course. She sent the vision out into the Echo and it was returned accepted. The Echo prepared itself to create even more complex organisms on its surface. Together, 
the echo focused its intent on the new array of organisms that would populate the planet. The planet was much hotter and larger than Earth, and the non-vegetative creatures could not have free will. So the organisms were of a duller hue, had less hair, and had thinner skin. Some of the organisms had thick shell coverings, while others had clear skin with every muscle, vein, and organ easily identifiable from the outside. At first, there were only about a dozen different varieties of creatures, which included Labrador-sized bugs, ant-sized mammoth creatures, mountain-sized fur creatures, and others that were in between. These creatures began as an orb that sprouted from the surface of the crystalline liquid before taking on a shape as infant versions of their full selves. But they grew rapidly, taking their final shape and forming new species like the vegetation did. Before long, every inch of the echo was either covered in vegetation or a brand new organism. She was amazed at the sight of the new planet. She had never experienced a world like it, the vibrancy, the liveliness. She was sure she noticed new colors that the Earth didn't have. She would live forever as this planet if she could, but she focused back on her tasks, creating, growing, nurturing. The planet was blossoming into an oasis of color and vitality, and she was fortunate enough to witness it firsthand, to envision it firsthand. A creation she opened went on to evolve and sprout new life. She was a proud parent. She almost wanted to explore it herself, soak in the sun rays, dance in a wind, eat fruit from a pink or tan or burgundy plant. She wanted to ride one of the bus-sized worms, experience the echo in its entirety, but wait, could she? She didn't know the answer to that question. Usually when she opened realm, she was able to insert herself into it with ease as she instantly became a living creature on the planet. But it was different now. She was a planet. She didn't know the rules. She didn't know if there were a way to externally experience herself while she internally existed as herself at the same time. But in curiosity, she sent the thought out into the echo. A wave of energy spread through the planet as a question. And as she waited for the answer to return to her, she felt a shift in energy. The slight sense of unease had returned. Again, it surrounded her, and it was closer this time. She wondered what caused it before the Echo's answer returned to her. Yes, she could explore freely. With this confirmation, the feeling of unease vanished, and she prepared to birth herself into the new world. Hello again, this is Michaela Simone Mack, author of Creation, narrator of the Book of Clarity. Thank you again so much for listening. There will be new episodes every Friday, and if you like reading these chapters, there will be new chapters published every Monday on Kindle Vela. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. Please like, comment, share, and let me know what you think. Thank you so much. Have a great day. See you next week.